It's official. Trump is the Republican nominee for president. Again. Christina Aguilera has an updated version of Reflection to inspire a whole new generation of middle school soloists. And your favorite advice columnist and mine, BuzzFeed's own Stephen LeConte, is back for another round of DM911. The date, August 28th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey everyone, I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Casey, happy Friday. Oh, Hayes, what a Friday. I'm smiling ear to ear right now. I'm Same. so ready. <laughs> I'm like pre-relieved. I'm just ready. It's like in my bones ready. I watch this TikTok of this like older man where he's his, he doesn't know he's being filmed by his wife, but he's just going, and then and then the weekend's over. I look I look forward all week for the weekend and then it's and then it's just gone. <laughs> And that is how we all feel. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is. But you know what? I, I'm ready to take this in. I'm ready for next week is me and my fiance. We both have our birthdays next week. Yes, I'm ready for this birthday. weekend to slide into it. Thank you. Had to slide that one in. <laughs> yes. Everyone wish this Virgo and his Virgo fiance happy birthday. <laughs> Respectfully and calmly as we prefer as Virgos. Okay. Time for today's top stories. Here's what you need to know. First up, it's a wrap on the GOP convention, and that sure happened. Though after a week of fear and terror from the speakers, on the last night of the convention, there were some surprisingly moving moments. First, there was the speech from the parents of Kayla Mueller, a humanitarian aid worker who was captured, held hostage, and eventually killed by ISIS. Eight months into Kayla's captivity, another hostage was able to smuggle out a letter Kayla had written. As we read it, we could see that God was holding her in his arms. In her words, she felt tenderly cradled in freefall. She also wrote, I have been shown in darkness light and have learned that even in prison one can be free. I am grateful. And then there was Alice Johnson. You might remember her as the woman that Kim Kardashian West lobbied Trump to pardon two years ago. I pray that you will not just hear this message, but that you will be inspired by my story and your compassion will lead you to take action for those who are forgotten. That's what our president, Donald Trump, did for me. But the rest of the night was another mix of an alternate reality where everything's great and the pandemic never happened, or it's secretly been Biden running the U.S. for the last four years, and nothing pulled that together more than President Trump's acceptance speech. Our convention occurs at a moment of crisis for our nation. The attacks on our police and the terrorism of our cities threaten our very way of life. Any politician who does not grasp this danger is not fit to lead our country. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. That, that was from his 2016 acceptance speech. Okay, let's, let's play the correct clip from last night where Trump denounced many of the things happening in the country over the last four years, but promised that if he weren't in office, it'd be even worse. Make no mistake, if you give power to Joe Biden... The radical left will defund police departments all across America. They will pass federal legislation to reduce law enforcement nationwide. They will make every city look like Democrat-run Portland, Oregon. No one will be safe in Biden's America. My administration will always stand 
with the men and women of law enforcement. So as a reminder, all of this took place on the South Lawn of the White House. And unlike in 2016, this time there were fireworks that spelled out Trump's name from the National Mall while a Long Island tenor serenaded the first family. Okay, moving on. After last night's whatever that was in D.C., thousands today gathered in Washington to demand racial justice. Today's the anniversary of the 1963 March on Washington, and as promised back in June, after Minneapolis police killed George Floyd, a new march was held today. This time around, it's called the Get Your Knee Off Our Necks March on Washington. The line to get into the rally stretched down the Washington Mall, as attendees had their temperatures checked in order to receive an entry wristband. The march began with speeches at the Lincoln Memorial, then a planned march to the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial in West Potomac Park, whole thing wrapped up around 3 p.m. Among the speakers at the estimated 50,000-person rally included Representative Ayanna Presley, Reverend Al Sharpton, and Martin Luther King III. And a special highlight was this speech from New York City advocate Jumaine Williams. Almost 60 years ago, Dr. King spoke right here. But some people need to keep his name out of their mouth because they don't understand what he was talking about. He talked about the dream, but he also talked about he was scared of a nightmare. This is the nightmare. 60 years ago, he was here talking about jobs and justice. I'm here with my stepdaughter, still talking about the same damn thing. We've only added more names to the death toll and more hashtags. Oof. (laughs) What a week it has been for racial justice and honestly, a bunch of like wild anniversaries at the same time that we haven't brought up before. It's the 65th anniversary of the murder of Emmett Till today. Earlier this week with the NBA protest, that was the four year anniversary of the first time that Colin Kaepernick kneeled. And it's just all a lot right now. Yes, it has been quite a week of racial injustice across the board. And Hayes, I hope you are taking care of your mental health. It is, it's a week that, oh, It's been, uh, it went, this week happened. I'm ready to take a nap, a very long one. It's going to be great, Casey. It's going to be great. Uh, Before we move on really quickly, I just want to go back to, I just want to highlight again how weird it is that the Republican National Conventions last night was in the White House. It was on the White House lawn. That is just completely outside the norm. And I know that this administration's done so many other things to break norms, but the idea that the, this federal government property, which should belong to everyone, is actually, no, the, the Republican National Party gets to use this and gets to be, say, like, this is ours. It's it's not great. It's pretty No, troubling. it's an ethics violation, correct? <laughs> correct. It's a pretty big one. But as it turns out, when you write a law that says you can't, you cannot do these things, you then have to depend on the executive branch mm-hmm. of the government to enforce mm-hmm. said laws. So uh, here we are. <laughs> All right. That's it from me. Casey, what is up in the world of pop culture? Well, uh, here's a throwback. Ahead of the release of the live-action remake of Mulan, Christina Aguilera has dropped a new performance of the song Reflection. The original version from the 1998 release was Aguilera's debut single and a smash hit, one that soon after became the solo of choice at roughly a million school recitals and drunken karaoke bars. But it definitely needed an update when you remember the original music video included a mashup of Japanese and Chinese culture because, as Hollywood would say, same thing, all right? 
In the new version, Aguilera is seated in a beautiful blue dress singing at uh, her reflection. It's not a very deep metaphor, but it works great here, especially interspersed with footage from the new film. And obviously, her vocals remain as powerful as ever. This is actually the second song Aguilera has released for the new movie. She also sings Loyal, Brave, True, which premiered back in March. Both it and Reflection will be in the movie when it premieres next month, but it's still not a musical. Still not a musical. <laughs> I, ah, Christy, that song just, I, I got chills a little bit. Her voice is so good. Oh, it, it's fantastic. And I mean, Mulan is one of my favorite movies. I can't, wa- I can't wait to watch this one, even if it means I'm spending $30, $30. on Disney Plus. <laughs> $30. Never, never forget. <laughs> I, I'm not ready. I haven't braced myself for that hit yet because I Ugh. want to see it. But boy, do I want to see it. You know, that I'm bad? just going to have to budget in for the budget it in for the week, you know, t- get takeout one last night so I could watch Mulan. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> okay, when we come back, we've got a new edition of DM911 with Stephen McConti. Stay right there. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now, every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeart Ad Builder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. Hey, this is Paris Hilton. Last year, I revealed the story of my abuse at Provo Canyon School. Since then, thousands of survivors have come forward. Now I'm on a mission to expose the truth of the entire industry. In this weekly investigative podcast, me and my host, Rebecca Mellinger and Caroline Cole, will examine one infamous teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. When you first get there, you have to experience girls screaming, locked up, peeing themselves in the hallway sleeping and you're like where am i holy heck this is not what i expected listen to trapped in treatment on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 
Welcome back. We're capping off the week with the return of BuzzFeed writer and expert advice giver, the one, the only Stephen LaConte. Quick reminder, Stephen keeps his DMs open on Twitter and Instagram all the time, so anyone can ask him for help with their problems. And since his track record is pretty stellar, we keep inviting him back. Hello, Stephen. Hi, guys. Thanks for inviting me back. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. You know the drill by now, Stephen. Uh, we read you some dilemmas from your DMs, anonymized for their privacy, and you provide some much-needed knowledge. Are you ready? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. First, this person is having trouble with her fiancé after his bachelor party. She knew it was likely that he'd see some strippers, but when he came home, he denied that any such strippers existed. But... A third party says, uh, yeah, there were totally ladies taking clothes off. She says he's never lied to her before, and they've never had a heated argument before this. She's happier than ever, but now she's wondering if they're ready to get married. Thoughts? Okay, here's the deal. I totally agree with you that the problem here isn't whether or not there were strippers at the party. It's the fact that he lied to you about it. And like 1,000%, you should talk to him about that and get to the bottom of why he felt the need to lie. But until you have that conversation, I wouldn't go too macro here and start talking about canceling your wedding. I, I think this is something that is probably within the realm of solvable. Um, you say that your argument about this was heated, and I can totally understand why, but I think it's worth trying to have this conversation again less heated, maybe when you've had some time to process and it's less like raw and new. Um, I think there are two key pieces of information you need to get from him here. The first is, why did he lie in this specific instance? And the second thing is, more broadly, does he make a habit of lying when things are uncomfortable for him? Uh, have that conversation as openly and honestly as the two of you can, and I think the correct path forward will become very clear after you have that conversation in a more rational, uh, grounded, uh, less angry kind of way. Mm, yeah, because I'm sure if she hasn't if she hasn't had this conversation yet to like really talk about it and get to the root of why, then she can just like have all these what ifs in her brain. It's like, well, if he lied about this, what else has he lied about? What does it mean about our relationship? Does he even love me? What is your real name? Yeah, exactly. And it, yes. just, it just goes from A to Z too quickly, you know? For sure. She has very valid questions right now and she needs answers to those questions. Uh, but I think that they seem to have the conversation when it's less like emotional, you know, give some, take some time to process it and then go back, circle back, have the conversation again and get the answers you need. Yeah. Third question though, I would definitely have her ask is, uh, why did you think this wouldn't get back to me? Like why? It's a pretty easy one to fact check. Why, why would you assume that it would never come back? I don't know. I guess I'm a bad person because my question was, wow, how should you find out? <laughs> but different strokes are different folks. <laughs> All right. Your next dilemma. This person says her boyfriend of two years recently told her that he cheated at the beginning of the relationship. They live together, have a dog, and have already looked at engagement rings. She says he's her best friend, but he's broken her trust by hiding the truth for so long. She wants to know, is it worth trying to rebuild that trust or walking away? Okay, so much of my advice here really depends on how the boyfriend is behaving in the wake of this confession, and we don't get a lot of information about that in your DM. I'll say this. If he's remorseful, apologetic, deeply upset with himself, and you feel like all of that is really sincere, maybe, maybe there's a path forward. I mean, this incident was two years ago at the very start of your relationship. It's still a huge, massive betrayal. Don't get me wrong, but it might not be an insurmountable one. However, 
if he's like shrugging this incident off, if he's claiming it's no big deal, if he's telling you to just like get over it, it was two years ago, move on. Uh, if he's otherwise being an asshole at all, I'd walk away. I, I think whatever behavior he's exhibiting right now would be a really good indicator of whether he's capable of doing this again. So listen to your gut and do what you want to do based on his reaction to this. Yeah, I definitely not as something as big of a uh, secret or transgression as this, but I could see like, you know, something keeps, you don't tell that person at first. And then it's like a month later, then two months later, then a year, then five years. And you don't know how to say it. I get that. But it's like now that it's out here in the open, it's like, yes, it is all about how he's reacting and how he feels about this and how he hurt her. For sure. Okay. uh, Next, we have a message from someone whose neighborhood kind of sounds like it belongs on Bravo. It's a close-knit neighborhood where everyone is close enough to be like aunt-uncle level family. Turns out, though, two of the wives are having an affair behind their husbands' backs. Even though they call it a special friendship, everyone in the neighborhood knows what's going on except the husbands. So this person wants to know if they should tell the wives that everyone is in on the secret so that they can tell their husbands or just let it be. Well, Hayes, as a big fan of Bravo, I totally agree with you. (laughs) Bravo must find this neighborhood. I would watch this show. Um, But honestly, I'll say first, like right off the bat, this whole thing sounds very gossipy. And I think the first thing that this person needs to do is acknowledge the fact that like there's a decent chance this isn't true or that it's being blown out of proportion or that uh, it's like a partial truth, but there's more to the story than people realize. So first, you just need to acknowledge that like you think you know the whole story, but you might not. Uh, But even if it is true, I think you absolutely stay out of this. Unless you're going to be on the Bravo show, in which case, you know, make a big confrontation. Um, uh, You know, we often don't really think of it this way, but being neighbors with someone is actually like a very intimate relationship. You're spending your daily lives in very close proximity with people. And that means you're going to occasionally see and hear things that are deeply personal and private. Um, And I think part of being a good neighbor means knowing when to mind your own business. Um, I'll say this, uh, you do that for your neighbors and I can pretty much bet that there have been a few times where they've done that for you. Um, in your DM, you said you want to confront the women about this because everyone's gossiping about it and you just want to get everything out on the table. But I would argue that instead of upending two marriages and ruining potentially four people's lives so that you can gossip more openly, maybe you could just like not gossip about it. Um, You don't have nearly enough information to really know what's going on. And luckily, you don't have to find out. This is not your marriage, not your problem, not your business. I think you should leave this one alone. Yeah, actually, something you just said that was like, you want to get it all out in the open. That makes me feel like this person who has DM'd you has some anxieties that she's dealing with. But it's like, it's not her life. She can't control them. So it's one of those things that you just need to put down and walk away. Yeah, that's a really good point. Maybe this person is feeling like this sense of like, I just have to put it out there. But then you should just know that that is not your responsibility, not your job. And in fact, it would be like really overstepping for you to dip your toe in this. Mm -hmm. And then you'd have a whole new set of anxieties to deal with. (laughs) And and way worse anxieties. But I do want to flag again, if this is going to be on reality TV, confront, make a big scene. (laughs) Absolutely. And and I think there's just just something about this scandal that I, I feel like... I don't really blame this person for wanting to get more information, more juicy tidbits. Like, I'm sorry, two wives cheating on each other behind their husband's backs. That's that's some like prime level gossip right there, though. That is like oh, for a sure. one delicious gossip. But you're right. She should leave it be. 
And you know, honestly, I will say, because I, I said in my advice, I said, you know, you should not gossip about this. You also have my full permission to like keep gossiping about it like quietly. But like, if it if it's getting to a point where you feel like it's going to like bubble over and you just have to get it out there, that's when I think you need to pump the brakes. All right. And finally, we have this person who says their boyfriend runs a pretty popular sex blog on Tumblr. He started it last year, told them about it a month later. They say they were cool with it, but now it makes them feel insecure, no matter how much he assures them that he's totally into their sex life. They don't want to dictate his sexual expression, but can't help comparing themselves to the subjects of his posts. What should they do? Okay. I think one big challenge here is that he's been doing this for a year already. He told you about it more or less from the start and you were totally cool with it. And now he loves doing it. And apparently it's very successful. So unfortunately, I think the sex blog train has kind of left the station. Um, I don't think there's a world in which you can reasonably or fairly ask him to get rid of it now. But I do think there's absolutely a world in which you can stop reading the blog yourself. Not every part of his sexuality has to be a part of yours and vice versa. It's okay if there are things that he does that you're not part of. That's that's allowed. And if you feel like browsing this blog makes you feel insecure, I think that's a really valid and compelling reason to stop reading it. I haven't seen your boyfriend's blog and I don't claim to know what's on it, but I think it's reasonable to guess that this blog is not a manifestation of everything he secretly wishes you were. It is, I would presume, a series of images and videos that he enjoys, and it probably doesn't go much deeper than that. Uh, a lot of people in happy, committed, monogamous, healthy relationships look at porn. Your boyfriend just happens to be someone who also reposts the porn, um, which he's been doing with your full knowledge and consent for a long time. So I think at this point, you should just wish him well on his blogging endeavors, but let him know that moving forward, you will probably not be one of his readers. Is that fair? That is very fair. Stephen, every time you give advice, I'm like, oh man, yes, that's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Stephen, as ever, it has been a delight. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. I'll see you soon. That's our show for the week. And with that, we're going to be taking a bit of a breather. Next week, we've got some special treats for you as we will be returning to past episodes to hear some of our favorite interviews since we launched back in April. And remember, nothing says we're just normal people having a normal celebration like a Long Island tenor singing the Ave Maria to you and your family. News O'Clock is produced by Dan Bauza, Alan Haberchak, Mandy Reeder, and Sierra Tall. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mangesha Tikiter, Samantha Hinnick, Patrick McMiniman, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. They'll be very pleasant and delightful for us to read during our week off. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of Music Clock. Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes too. Right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she, kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here. And there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reef Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council.